Everybody, welcome out to PKB Podcast on what is for me a very cloudy day, which would be a little sad, except none of us are allowed to go outside anyway. So, <laughs> so we're gonna stay in here and podcast today. We are on Advanced Generation number fifty-four, Fight for the Meteorite. And if this is your first time listening to PKB Podcast, or if you've forgotten how this show works in my over a year now of hiatusing. Um, Pikapi Podcast is a show where I go over every single episode of Pokemon in order through the lens of storytelling and character development and like just being real nerdy about like thoughts and feelings, try to relate it to real life, and also glib humor because this show is a comedy first and foremost. But that's what we're about, so let's get into it. Um, episode 54. It opens up, Ash is like, we have had enough detours. I need to get to Lava Ridge Town, like, right now so we can gym battle. No, we cannot wait for the next cable car. So there's running. Just watching these kids make me tired. Just so much running all the time. Where does that energy go when you become an adult? The cable car will take them to Lava Ridge Town, or at, le or at least it will take them up to the top of the mountain that will lead to the path to Lava Ridge Town, and on to the next Pokemon gym. Um, the cable car will do it in a safe and quick manner so they don't have to hike all the way up to the top of the mountain. Um, and Ash will not accept missing the one that's currently departing. So again, running. They all make it. Ash slides into a chair all relieved. The rest of the gang is wiped out on the floor. He's like, you guys are so out of shape. I did that carrying a 50-pound Pikachu on my back. Come on. And people, we do need to appreciate how ridiculously fit Ash is for a 10-year-old. Like, wow. Like, I know kids who are training to be Olympians someday who would have struggled to do that, let alone on a regular basis. So, you know, kudos to Ash. Gym battles, I guess, are great motivation. But just as the cable car leaves, we get three new passengers. A man, a woman, and a truly diminutive old lady with um, fur on her face. Not that we should judge. Age does things to your hormones, and imbalances will cause all kinds of odd conditions. I'm sure she's perfectly nice. I'm sure these three are just going to Lava Ridge for the shopping. Sure. They ride the cable car up to the top of Mount Chimney. That's the plan, anyway. Midway up, uh, these three lovely people um, in their suits and skirts and what we now know are uniforms announce that they are the tour guides. 
And while the kids didn't order this, if it's a free service, they'll take it. They ask some polite questions. Team Rocket shows them rocks. Like, that's a rock. And that's another rock. And that's a red helicopter. Is the red helicopter part of the tour? I don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows, but I guess not. Either way, Jesse does not have the patience for Max. Uh, to be fair, not everyone does. He's a little know-it-all. I imagine he's just a terror on tour guides and the like. Anyway, following the thread of this helicopter, it lands on top of the mountain where there is already a guy with a device looking for a specific rock. He's concerned about this arriving copter, and rightfully so, when it opens and a bunch of people in red with giant M's on their chest jump out and surround him. They all look like they're in a cult. They want his rock, and the guy refuses to give it to them. Meanwhile, Team Rocket continues to describe all the scenic helicopters to the kids. Is there a convention or something? Because, yes, the, those cultists in red are Team Magma, and you cannot have Team Magma without Team Aqua following firmly behind. And they land their copter in gray, because they're trying to be less on the nose in their theming than any of the evil teams before them, apparently. They stop the cable car system and start taking over Mount Chimney. So in the cable car, which is just ground to a halt, the kids are getting a little worried. Team Rocket even more so. No one's answering the emergency phone, so they're trapped in the box and just swaying in the air. Jesse, in particular, does not keep a cool head in the crisis. And when the kids question why she's not trained for these exact types of emergencies, it's almost a relief. Like, yes, let's do the motto, something I understand. We actually take a break from the motto this time, uh, both because Meowth is tired and because the camera cuts away to the other two teams who are squaring off now, Team Aqua and Team Magma. I didn't expect to see you here. While the cultists and pirates are getting ready to brawl and basically bickering like a couple of high school girls trying to dance with the same boy at prom, this guy with the rock, he just runs. He sees opportunity and he takes it. Anyway, back on the cable car, Team Rocket is, is still going with the motto. I'm sure Ash would also take the opportunity to just leave if he had any exits. In fact, he is completely ignoring them right now in favor of a group huddle like, Okay, guys, how do we get down from here? How can we send a message to the cable car operator? Start building a plan. As they point out to Team Rocket, a battle now would send them all plummeting to their deaths. Also, we really just don't care that much about you. <laughs> so, Ash finds some rope and a hook. And you know how this boy is kind of a master of surprising skills? Like, he'll brag about Pokemon training, but the rest of the time, like, he won't talk about his skills at all and then just randomly do something and you're just like, sheesh. This is that time. This is the guy you never want to capture because he's basically MacGyver. And once you separate him from his Pokemon, he has nothing more to lose and he'll just wreck you. I guess Ash has decided today that he is more efficient without his team and it is not worth the training opportunity to let them try to handle this. Because Ash takes that hooked rope, climbs up through the top door, 
maneuvers around on top of this unstable car that is dangling from a cable system. And even though he has a talo, throws that rope across the distance from the cable car to the scaffolding that uh, holds the whole system to the mountain. And he makes the shot and secures the line. Like, not only ridiculously fit for a 10-year-old, but also ridiculously capable. Like, he only keeps Pokemon to teach them, not because the tall grass actually presents any danger to him, <laughs> apparently. Team Rocket is pretty impressed, as they should be. Ash, uh, like, crawls along the rope like he's a fireman or something. This is all going masterfully well until Team Rocket fears getting left behind, and then they all jump onto the rope slack line as well. They do not have such great form as Ash. They're flailing all over the place, and that extra weight, the rope snaps. Ash manages to keep his grip, so he and Pikachu end up on the scaffolding, a little tired and still needing to climb all the way back up, but they're alive and relatively stable. Team Rocket is just dangling off the cable car by the rope and their arm strength and hoping Ash can hurry back with help. This all while the battle between Tabitha and Shelly of Team Magma and Aqua goes down, which honestly I'm starting to think is just their way of flirting. But Team Magma starts to get the upper hand, so Shelly calls for a retreat. Magma takes over the area with big, complicated-looking machines to do something we're not sure what yet. Anyway, that meteorite they wanted is still getting away. Don't know why they're so smug. But yeah, the yet nameless dude at the beginning of the episode, he is clutching at that rock and running down the mountain, even as Ash is running up the mountain. And so our A plot collides with our B plot. And once they pick themselves up off the ground, the man explains that he's being chased, and he and Ash hide while Team Magma go past looking. And Ash... Like, gosh, what must he be thinking? Like, like, man, do I really have to have another criminal organization as tenacious as Team Rocket, always showing up unexpectedly where I am, stealing my stuff and my Pokemon and threatening my life? Like, he's got to feel here in Hoenn, like he's staring down the blue screen of death. Like, is this my life now? He's got three evil organizations in this region. Like, Team Rocket of Jesse and James, that's an anomaly. This, with Rocket, Aqua, and Magma, this is a pattern. Meanwhile, in the cable car, somehow Team Rocket managed to climb back inside. And while the twerps are having a delicious packed lunch, there's no way Team Rocket would stoop so low as to join them and eat their food. They have principles, Meowth says. Yeah, no. Uh, Jesse and James accept the sandwiches the second they are offered to them. It's a regular picnic. And Ash's scientist, uh, we finally get a name for him. It is Dr. Cosmo. He studies meteorites and other space things, and he shows Ash the meteorite he's holding. Ash is impressed, says he's never touched something from space. I'm pretty sure you've touched a Clefairy before, kid, or at least their spaceship. Then again, I mean, I'll have to go back and look at those episodes. I suppose from Ash's point of view, it might have not been confirmed the Clefairy were from space. At least not those specific Clefairy. Like, we knew they were trying to get to space, but we don't necessarily know that that's where they came from or that they used that spaceship to arrive. 
Um, but as Dr. Cosmo elaborates on how he loves space and meteors and the mysteries of the universe, you can see how Ash might view this as somehow more otherworldly than anything he's encountered before. And then Dr. Cosmo likens the meteorite to a traveler traversing space, and now Ash has a personal connection with the rock. We can bet he's going to help save it from Team Magma. And he'll have to. Team Magma's Golbat found them and swiped the prize away while they were talking, so they'll have to chase it back down. Hope Ash's friends are cool with waiting. To be fair, though, there's not a ton Ash could do to help them while the mountain's under Team Magma and Team Aqua's control. They probably are actually safer in the cable car for now. Or maybe not. The wind picks up and shakes the car a little. I'd like to think the cable car is built to endure such weather. Otherwise, they'd have to rebuild the line like every other week. But it is very scary for the people inside, and Brock is muttering for Ash to make it quick. He knows how side quests tend to pop up. Anyway, we cut to lasers, bubbling magma. Is this mountain an active volcano, or has Team Magma been terraforming? This all seems very dangerous. Uh, Dr. Cosmo tells us the lowdown. This uh, is a dormant volcano that Team Magma is trying to reactivate. Because that's safe. The meteorite fits into that plan somehow as a focus for their machine. Ash is very concerned, like I literally saw a dude do something like this back in Farina, and he raised an evil Groudon construct, like nothing good can come of this. Luckily, he has already done this before, when it was a Pokemon strapped to the laser machine. He's pretty sure he can accomplish the same thing with a meteorite, and Dr. Cosmo is willing to create a distraction. His idea of a distraction is to run up, throw a rock, and then run away, like Tabitha doesn't even dodge as the rock goes flying by a million times off target. <laughs> Just like, would somebody take care of him? He's so bored. Four magma grunts out of nine follow Dr. Cosmo, which is more than I think Dr. Cosmo warranted, but still less than Ash would find ideal. But he's the hero. He can make do. He's certainly faced worse. He has Pikachu fry the machine and short out the system, and then Ash picks up a rock and starts smashing it, like, just going to town, this beautiful boy. Now Team Magma is concerned. Pikachu thundershocks the goons sent to stop them, and Ash just keeps pounding away at the machine until it starts to spark and lose control. All the alarms go off. What a time to cut away to the cable car, where the winds are picking up just to remind us that our friends are still in peril. The thing is, though, they're not in peril. I don't buy that for a second. Maybe people who work in the industry would know. I mean, I'm sure cable cars like that wouldn't run in terrible weather, so there's probably a point where the people on duty have to shut it down until the winds are more favorable. And, yeah, to be stopped midway through the line like dead weight is probably not ideal for the system either. It might add extra wear. But I also imagine that point is pretty high. Like, like they know when they build these things that there's going to be rain and wind and snow and birds, and it's probably built to withstand quite a lot before there's any real danger. Like, they would have to build the system to hold strong in an earthquake or a real storm let alone some winds that for some reason only appear to be affecting that one specific place. 
like Ash and Cosmo haven't dealt with any winds. It is possible that all Magma's efforts with the volcano are messing up the balance of nature a bit, but, like, really, I am skeptical to how much danger these kids are actually in. I think they're just kids, and they're up high, and any little shift of the wind is going to very much scare them. I don't think they're actually in danger, uh, but their fear is real. Clearly, by their screaming, they think they are about to die. And Ash can't rescue them now. He's about to be steamrolled by a giant adult man. Like, for a hot second, it actually looks like a grown-up is going to punch and trample this child. Ash looks scared, too. But then, Dr. Cosmo body-checks the magma grunt that was threatening Ash. And then, and then, he turns into the Hulk and hefts the machine. The whole machine off the mountain. Like... Dude, with powers like these, why is he in any danger at all? The machine, meteorite, and all go crashing into the magma below. Everyone's a little stunned. Dr. Cosmo looks very, very remorseful, but determined. Like, I gave up my research, but it was for a good cause. Team Magma has no need to be here now that there's no machine, no meteorite, just MacGyver and Superman over there. So they run away. Team Aqua is out of there as well. But both teams feel good about the fact that they foiled the other's plans, which I'm not sure is actually true. I mean, yes, Team Magma didn't really succeed at whatever they were trying to do, but both teams, really. The main thought was stop the other guy without even knowing what the other guy was up to, if in fact they were up to anything. In this case, mostly Team Aqua was just there to bully Team Magma, and Magma... The meteorite almost seemed like a side quest once Team Aqua showed up, so they did succeed at annoying each other and doing nothing, because they were both so focused on opposing each other rather than accomplishing something. I'll let you decide if that applies to anything going on in the real world or not. Uh, but with all this nonsense over, they can untie the cable car workers and get Ash's friends and Team Rocket back on solid ground. So the kids were fine. Uh, Team Rocket can get back to doing what they do best. Or or not best, but they do it. They try to capture Pikachu, but being so close to the edge of a cliff, on unstable ground, the ground gives way and they go skidding down the cliff before they can try anything. Ash and the others turn around like, oh, I guess Team Rocket left. Um, but Dr. Cosmo, he sets them on the road to Lava Ridge Town, and Ash is once again focused on gym battling. That's our episode. Honestly, there was enough going on with Magma and Aqua and Dr. Cosmo and Ash that I I don't know if we needed to cut back to Brock and May and Max and everybody in the cable car so often. I especially don't think we needed to cut back to them and imply that they were in like some kind of peril and there was a time crunch, I especially since... Like, not only were they not really in any danger, I feel, but Ash didn't do anything in the end that, like, helped them. Like, obviously, driving out Team Aqua meant that the workers could regain control of the cable car, so it's not like he wasn't doing anything to help them. It's just, like, we didn't see that moment of, like, Ash does something and then, da-da, the kids are saved. Like, like we just, it felt like we were cutting back to them for no reason. So that is a criticism there, although, again, 
for the kids, the fear was probably quite real. I'm sure I wouldn't have enjoyed being stuck up there for a couple hours while Ash was off doing who knows what. And you, and to be fair, they weren't sure that Ash was safe at all. They, they last saw him like scaling some scaffolding on the side of a mountain. So there is dramatic tension to be had in that situation. Just, it feels a little bit gratuitous to like try to force a C plot in there when there already is Ashes through line and Dr. Cosmo with Magma and Aqua's through line. And then you've got like Shelly and Tabitha going at it. And we're never really sure what team Magma's plan is really just seems that they're more interested in beating down Aqua half the time. Like, like this episode had a lot going on and I feel like, enough going on that we could have just focused on that and made it richer and not necessarily gone back to things that had to be shoehorned in there to give us dramatic tension. Like trying to reactivate a volcano is tension enough. But it was a fun episode and and I love watching Ash be capable. I love especially watching him be capable like completely out of the blue. Like the moments where he's just like, okay, I know I'm a Pokemon trainer, but honestly, this will be just so much faster if I just do it. Because <laughs> it's so weird. Like, again, ridiculously fit for a 10-year-old. And like, since entering Hoenn, he's gotten so much more like confident in those abilities. Like, I really feel he knows exactly what he's doing. It's bizarre, but delightful. And Ash is my favorite. I will always want to see him succeed. So like, it makes about as much sense as the kids being in danger of a little wind in the cable car, but I don't care. Is that a double standard on my part? Probably, but I enjoy it. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Peak Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. Yeah.